0: Rub it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1358.
1: The only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays, while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest. Calling in from Tampa, Ford. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right, Matt Nasworthy. Hey, Matt, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely, Mark. All right. Matt Nasworthy is the Florida Public Affairs Director for AAA, the Auto Club Group. He has worked for AAA for over 20 years with expertise in learning and development and public relations. In 2007, Matt developed an innovative training curriculum for road service technicians. It focused primarily on safety at the roadside, and this program has continued to reduce crashes, injuries, and damages in over 11 states. Matt also spent several years managing the Teen Driver Safety and Impaired Driver Program for the Auto Club Group as well. AAA is a huge supporter of the Gasparilla Concor, an annual event that takes place in April. Through AAA support, the Concorde donated over $20,000 to Shriners Hospital for Children. Absolutely fantastic. And a shout out to Joanne Pistorius and her husband Brando, who introduced me to Matt. They were the founders or are the founders of Gasparilla Concorde and both are past guests. Here on cars. Yeah. So Matt, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion you have for automobiles and automobile safety, of course.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And thanks, Mark, for having me on. I've uh, been working with AAA for over 20 years, and most of my time has been spent in training and safety and then also in public affairs, working with our different traffic safety programs. As you know, when it comes to uh, AAA, you know, obviously, we're the American Automobile Association. So, uh, CARS, are just in our DNA and everything to do with them, including, you know, traffic safety and, and, and helping out with like our school safety patrol program and everything we can do to keep both, you know, kids, adults, even our older folks safe on the road. So, I mean, my whole passion has been basically just, you know, doing what I can to help this organization keep people safe on the road. A lot of that was spent in and around, you know, our emergency service technicians, those folks that come out and and help out the stranded folks on the side of the road. So, you know, we we really developed a good program to help those folks stay safe, keep our members safe, and get people back on the go as efficiently as possible. That's kind of my career. I happen to be a uh, married father of three as well. I'm a lifelong Floridian born in St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, that's kind of a snapshot.
0: There you go. Very cool. When you think about AAA, It's one of those iconic American brands. I've been to many, many car shows over decades here, and I even see on very old automobiles, AAA badges on the fronts of cars. I mean, it's a company that's been around for, since when? A long time.
1: Yeah, uh, we're 117 years in now, (laughs) so yeah, Yeah. uh, we've been been around for a while. Yeah, you'll see all of those old badges. There's a a ton of Model Ts out there um, in museums and garages and stuff that have those uh, AAA badges on them. You know, our our logo may have gotten a little bit more modernized over the years, over the past century, but our commitment to, you know, the American automobile and those that drive them uh, hasn't wavered, so we look to the next century. Just to keep doing what we do better, um obviously, with the oncoming onslaught of technology and uh, trying to take drivers from behind the wheel and, and 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 enlist more AI doing that sort of thing, we're gonna have quite the adventure ahead of us, but we oh, um yeah <laughs> but uh but we're ready for it, and there's nothing I'd rather be doing,
0: yeah, I can see the future where these uh aerial flying vehicles fly out and they land to help people in in their autonomous cars and robots get out and get them back on the road and then they fly away and the people take <laughs> right. off. Yeah, I can see the Jetsons here uh, with AAA badges on the front of their little uh, fancy flying car. So very, very cool. Yeah, it's amazing how long AAA has been around. Well, as we continue on your journey, though, let's talk about a success quote or a mantra. I like to ask my guests for one that has some meaning for them. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Matt, take the wheel.
1: Absolutely. Well, the one that hits me first when, and thinking especially about the automotive industry is uh, Henry Ford. And the quote that I have lived by for so long is the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. And mm. basically that means you can mess up. It's, it's how you handle that and what you do after that, that, proves whether or not that was a worthy mistake whether or not you learned something whether or not you were able to do it better the next time you know all of us love to hear the story of getting back up whenever you get knocked down but you got to get back up with a little bit more knowledge than you had before you got knocked down i think that, that that's what that quote's about so it's okay to make mistakes you just got to make sure you're learning every time uh, we <laughs> all do that that's that's probably the big quote for me
0: yeah i love that quote i had a guest on the show a couple of years ago a young woman, and she said, my goal on New Year's Day is to make a hundred mistakes throughout the year. And when she first said that, I said, okay, can you tell me why? She goes, because that means I'm failing a hundred times and I've learned a hundred new lessons. And I love that whole concept that uh, these failures we face, the challenges we face are really teaching lessons, learning lessons. Uh, my, My wife works with little infants now, and she said, one of the things we really emphasize is when a little one tries to walk or crawl, and they crash and burn and fall, you don't go running over there and and coddle them. You just let them do that, because that's how they learn, and eventually. But if you pick them up every time and, you know, dust them off, they'll kind of go, oh, okay, I don't have to try to walk, because you're going to come over and rescue me all the time. Uh, They're not dummies, those little infants, but uh, it's a good lesson to carry through for people. I love that. and Coming from Henry Ford. Makes it even better for. Oh, sure.
1: absolutely, and you know you're right. You know, from raising from raising kids myself, half the issue sometimes when something happens that's traumatic or dramatic for uh, one of your kids, it's almost half of the issue is what your reaction is because they're oh, watching yeah. you, and if they oh, see yeah. you freak out, that's just going to make them freak out. But if you, like you said, take a step back, let them process and and learn and move on, and 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 not have you, you know their uh, reaction. And tainted by yours, you can definitely be a step ahead of things.
0: Yeah, I think we can learn a lot about from those little kids. Yeah, for sure. It's hard when you're a parent, though, especially a new parent. But I think by the time the second, in your case, the third child comes along, it's like, eh, okay, dust yourself up, get up.
1: Yeah, you know. don't get You'll... started when they start driving.
0: Oh yes. Well, I remember those <laughs> days. I have I have two kids. Yeah, definitely. But uh, you know, the secret I do with my kids is I made sure they had to learn how to drive in a manual car. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was my role with them, and their first cars had to be manuals. And I kind of figured a couple reasons for that. But the main one is when you're driving a manual car, you have to be engaged with what you're doing, less likely to look at that cell phone, drink that cup of coffee, whatever, eat that burrito, whatever you might be doing that could distract you as a driver. And both my kids, my son liked it more than my daughter. My daughter's like, Dad, why are you doing this to me? But, uh, I, later on, they said, you know, thanks for doing that. I'm my only, I'm one of my only peer group that can even drive a manual car.
1: Yeah, that, you know, that, that's funny. I, I drive, I, my car I commute with every day is, is a manual. And I said the same thing to my kids. You know, it's, it's when my, both my hands are occupied and my eyes are on the road and my brain's on the task of driving, I'm in a good position. But once you, you know, it's like the idle hands or the devil's playground uh-huh. sort of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the cars have really dumbed us down, I think. They become so good and so excellent at what they do. And softening the ride, you don't even feel the bumps in the road anymore. You're isolated, you're insulated, you don't hear anything but what's in that car. Uh Sometimes put, in fact, both my kids learned how to drive in a 1972 Porsche 911 S. Oh, wow. And I think, uh yeah, also this just the feel of that car and all the noise. Plus, I, I was kind of selfish. I thought, you know, forevermore, you'll be able to tell your friends, that's the car I learned how to drive. So, it was, exactly. It was it was more for me maybe than for them, but uh, I, I try to think it was for them too. Well, let's talk about you here and go back and have you share a story that instigated a passion you have for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a bit of a car guy?
1: When I was young, and I've got I've got six older brothers, so there's a lot of history there. Oh and there wow! A number of different number of different cars that came in and out of my life, but one that I remember. Pretty distinctly was a '64 Chevy Impala that my older brother Rusty got. It was actually given to him by his music teacher and when she was getting a new car, and he'd always volunteered at the school and done a bunch of things and um, was always helping her out. And this is this is going to be like the early '80s um, because uh, that would have been when I would have had would have been riding in it and that sort of thing. I was only like I don't know nine or ten when he was using it, but this car just it was legendary throughout his group and the high school, you know, it's just a beautiful blue with the white top and and yeah. And and you open up the hood and it's like, you could fit a boat in there. I mean, that engine is just so (laughs) huge. It's one of those things that you just never forget it. It kind of leaves an imprint. So, you know, I've always been kind of a Chevy fan. I've always rooted for them, you know, when it came to NASCAR and that sort of thing. And some of the other series that are out there, but that really, you know, just, just how impressive, of that car road, how much of the road it took up. It was, you know, like, uh, yeah. an aircraft carrier, so to speak. But oh, yeah. I mean, there, when, when the roads that were flooded back, uh, back in the early eighties, depending upon what hurricane came through, you know, that car could, could get through it. Even it, there's legends of him taking it up, you know, whenever the roads were passable, we'd take it up on the sidewalk and get by that way. But <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it, it, that, that left a really big um, imprint on my life. You know, I've had some other other cars that were significant to me, but that one really got it started, you know, and, and then, of course, you know, 10 to 15 years later when I got a chance to start working at AAA and specifically in our emergency road service department um, and helping folks, you know, get get their cars up and going and that sort of thing. It really did lend itself to, you know, where that passion came
0: from. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, Those are awesome cars. And a great lesson for your brother, too, and probably for all your other brothers and his peers. Uh, You know, when you're helping out doing extra stuff like he was doing at school, you never know how that will come back around and benefit you in some way, and people will recognize you for what you're doing. So that was really nice of his Yeah, he had no
1: expectation of any of that stuff. And, you know, she recognized that he was carting around his little brothers a lot, and she obviously was getting a newer car, and he had done so much for her without expecting anything in return. It's just one of those things. And and I'm a big big believer of that, too. You know, what goes around comes around, and putting your good karma out there comes back to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, helping people is always the way to go. Well, let's touch on that uh, Henry Ford quote a little bit with my next question, and that has to do with a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way. And of course, the lesson here is what did it teach you, that Henry Ford quote that you shared at the beginning of our talk. So kind of walk us through that a particular experience and maybe some of the pain that might have caused you, but more importantly, what did you learn from it so you can move forward in a positive way?
1: Well, I tell you what, you know, one of the... Big challenges we had, you know, when we were first really formalizing our training, and this is probably about ten, I don't know, ten, twelve years ago. And and we have a, a number of different groups that are out there serving our members. We have our our club-owned fleets, which is our own vehicles and, and and employees that will go out and do the tire changes, lockouts, jump starts, towing, all that stuff. And then we have they do about twenty percent of our particular clubs' calls, and then we have eighty percent of the calls that are done by you know, Bob's towing, you know, different contractors that work for AAA. So when it came to trying to develop training for, you know, these groups, it was fairly easy for our particular employees. You know, they had to come to the training, they were required to be there. But when it came to training, like our contractors, we were totally reliant on them seeing the value in the, in the, at the other end of the tunnel with better safety or or more safer service being provided, better customer service scores, all of those type of things, And they weren't—they weren't absolutely required to go through it. So the big challenge for me was how do I make this value equation where somebody coming in, sometimes who knows if they're being paid to be at their training or they're being told they have to come to the training or whatever by their leader, you know, how do I make this valuable for them? Um, And one of the mistakes I made pretty early is making assumptions on what their technical level, technical knowledge level was when it came to cars and assuming that you know i had something that i could offer them either that they haven't come across before, or I, you know, I was basically communicating from a position of what I thought was strength, but it really wasn't what I needed to do. And it kind of killed two birds with one stone. Not only did it make our training better and our content better, but I needed to engage them and have them give us information on, you know, what are the biggest challenges are they facing? What are the biggest safety concerns that they have? What are the the engine issues or the uh, mechanical issues? that they're not able to get going as much as they would like and then start building things around there. So I learned very early on that credibility and respect – And knowing your stuff before you make any assumptions is really the right way to go. If you go into a, a, you know, I've always been one that, you know, and and you could make this into a quote, too, about walking in somebody's shoes. So you never know a person's life or experience or what they may have that you possibly could need to know unless you drive a few miles in their car, so, so to speak. So, I mean, they... I'm just really thankful for the the technicians from those shops in my early days of putting training out that were very patient with us, worked with us to help us build really good um, training programs to keep them safer and providing good customer service out there. And, you know, really just cutting us some slack from coming into it a little bit too headstrong than we should have. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I think that I, I learned that pretty early, especially with technicians that have a lot of longevity, have been on the job for decades. You know, you first got to come in with a certain level of respect. And then with, hey, I'm here to listen. What is it that we can help you do better? That sort of thing.
0: Well, you know, that old thing about what happens when you assume or ask yeah, them something. Absolutely. Uh, we'll we'll let the rest of the listeners figure that one out if you haven't heard it before. <laughs> but uh but you know, you're right. It's like anything in any group, uh, when you sit down with a group of people and you're gonna have some directives of what they need to be doing. Uh usually it's not best to go in with a heavy hammer at first and say, This is what you will do. Uh in versus, well, how can we help you do your job better? And right. what are your needs? You know, put that put yourself in their shoes as you said. Nicely said by the way to help them. So I, I can see exactly how that would happen. Plus you're dealing with so many different people at different technological levels and cars and the complexities. And you know, what happens when you're out on the road and you're on the side of the road. And I mean, all the different complexities that you think it's simple, but it really isn't. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, yeah that's great. In the you programs, know what was, you guys, what was,
1: what was funny too, is one of the weirdest things. And it's just kind of an idiosyncrasy to point out. You might think it's funny um, when we're doing, when we were first, setting up the training, one of the things that we needed to address was how you set up a road service scene. So if you have somebody on the side of the road Where do you position your truck? Where do you put your cones? And one of the biggest bones of contention is we had about half the agencies, law enforcement and what have you, first responders that turn their wheels toward traffic when they Mm -hmm. park on the side of the road. And then the other half that do it the opposite. And the trains of thought that go with that, you know, we ended up siding with the FHP, which turns their wheels towards traffic because if we're parked behind a member and somebody hits our vehicle, we would rather send that vehicle out into the fray where everybody else has got a vehicle around them as opposed to taking out our member, our service technician that's just right there in front on the side of the road, yeah. not protected yeah, by Yeah, it could be
0: standing yeah, exactly, to the side of the exactly. car, and then the, that car plows into him because we see all those things on YouTube where you know, the people on the side of the road and some idiot looks at the side of the road and goes, oh, look at that, and drives right into the back of a police car. Or right, right. Distracted. And if the front so,
1: wheels are turned to the right, where it keeps it on the side of the road, it's plowing through everything in front of you there if it sticks with that direction. So it's just funny how different agencies do different things and the stuff. We had to, the little speed bumps and things we had to learn when we were first starting out.
0: Exactly. Very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. Uh, you talked about your brother's special car, but I want to talk about your first really special card, maybe share... A memory you have about that ride.
1: Oh my gosh, it, I remember it vividly. So it was the two tone brown 1984 Ford Tempo. That was my first car. <laughs> Something really
0: exciting.
1: Incredibly sexy. I mean, you would yeah. not believe it. It's just, uh, you know, just a, a babe magnet. No.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm um, sure they the were same. all running to the high school yeah. parking lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you remember the Tempo and the Taurus, this was, you know, Ford's first, the bubble cars, so to speak, back then. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a tem- tempo i mean it had what uh 2.4 liters of raw power <laughs> it's uh <laughs> you know four door um it's funny because i had it for probably a year and then like all teenagers, you know, had my first crash and, uh, and had to put it out to pasture, but that was the car that, you know, got me started in life. I, I moved on shortly thereafter to an 87 Dodge Charger, which sounds a lot more exciting than it was. Cause back then, if you remember, those are the 2.2 liter Dodge Chargers that were the with the vent windows on the back and stuff. So those are the first couple of ones I had. But that Dodge Charger did happen to be the first manual car I have. And that kind of stuck oh, with me. Cool. I still like having manual cars to this day. So yeah,
0: very cool. Is there a car you've owned and let go that you really wish you still had?
1: Oh, man. Um It's funny. You know, I I I had a, I, to be honest with you, you know, I don't want to, I've, the cars that I've had for some reason, one way or another, I've usually upgraded or stepped up, never really gotten rid of something I didn't want to hang on to. But I got to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit frugal and this car that I'm in now is probably the best car I've ever had. And you're going to laugh when you hear what it is. Okay. Um, But it gets about, it averages about 34 to 35 miles to the gallon. It's a manual Mm -hmm. with a 1.9 liter engine, and it's a 2014 Nissan Versa. (laughs) Okay. I bought this car brand new tax tag and title out the door for 14 grand when I first, when I moved offices and, and knew I was going to be commuting about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes a day, you know, coming oh, across Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. and since then, the thing, it just doesn't die. I've put 70,000 miles on it in probably four years. I mean, it just, it runs like a top. It's funny because my kids were shocked. They don't really know how to act in it because it doesn't have power windows, doesn't have power locks. it's a manual <laughs> transmission, you know, I don't know that they'd ever even seen the roll up windows before. So it doesn't sound like much, but I tell you it has made us a Nissan family, you know, I got my wife uh, a Rogue that is wonderful and I don't know, you know, when it comes to the family cars or my kids and stuff, if I would spend a lot of time looking outside that brand. It's just their dependability has just knocked my socks off. So I love my little Nissan. I love the gas mileage it gets. And thank God for podcasts because that commute is a bear.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm trying to get a lot of commuters through the road with a little bit more joy and inspiration. Let me
1: just tell you, you're a lifesaver for those of us out there that need you, you know.
0: All right. Good, good. I'm happy to be providing that service. Well, I'd love for you to share more about what has you excited and fired up about AAA these days. Uh, Let our listeners know more about what the group is doing, what you're doing, and maybe some new programs that maybe you're coming up with down the road.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for that. So, you know, one of the things that we have to continue evolving to do is serving, you know, the, the, the motorist, uh, that's out there on the road. And obviously with new technology changing, we're very involved with, um, autonomous vehicles, semi-autonomous vehicles, the infrastructure that's being built out there. So there's a lot of technological things that are kind of exciting where our, uh, Uh, AAA Traffic Safety Foundation gets involved with and with our national office. So that's kind of cool. I spend a lot of my time with our schools and law enforcement, you know, promoting different traffic safety programs. One of the biggest things that we have going on, our largest program really is our AAA School Safety Patrol program. And we just celebrated our Patroller of the Year for Florida down here recently. We also had a lifesaver that saved somebody. Uh, One of our patrollers did in Sarasota. And then we have these recognition events for our patrollers. But that next year will be 100 years where we've had AAA school safety patrollers in schools across the country. Um, 100 years? uh, Yeah, 1920 is when that was started in Chicago. And um, I was a patroller. I remember my belts were orange. Now they're like the lime green, you know, the reflective green but we have over 660,000 of those AAA school safety patrollers in elementary schools across the country. So I, I love that program. I love promoting that program. If your elementary school doesn't have AAA school safety patrols, make sure they do. We give away, you know, free materials certain times of the year, making sure that they have the belts and the badges and the and the training that they need to do what they do. Besides that, I also promote uh, AAA Promise, which fights impaired driving in the states that we serve here with high schools. You know. Impaired driving is a big deal for us. You know, we've had our to go program, which helps folks during the holidays make sure they don't get behind the wheel impaired. You know, with a lot of the marijuana legalization, there's a lot, uh, that's a changing kind of landscape. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, our concern is just making sure everybody's at their best behind the wheel, regardless of what you've been putting into your body. We don't want you getting behind the wheel when you're impaired. So what we try to do is help educate the public and let them know, that these things are out there. I mean, people don't even realize that you can take two Benadryl and it's, it's almost like having a shot of whiskey.
0: Yeah, yeah, some of the in the ca- over the counter drugs can everything, really yeah. cause everything you to, from
1: over to, the counter, under the yeah. counter, around the counter, anything can yeah. can put you in a bad place behind the wheel. So, those are a couple of the things, you know, we do we do in Florida, obviously, we've got a lot of uh uh travel and tourism and our amusement parks, so there's always stuff going going around there. You know, just just there's always something new popping up, but yeah, I I spend a lot of my time focusing on traffic safety and educating cool. the In our motors about that.
0: Yeah, well, so important. Absolutely. You know, you brought up a great memory. When I was in elementary school, I was one of those, we call them crossing guards when I was a kid. And I remember we had a white sash that went across our chest and a belt and these uh, stop signs and things. And in fact, I remember one day a lady, an elderly lady, uh, was walking on the sidewalk and collapsed. And so... I don't know, I don't even remember doing this, but I remember sending a couple of the patrollers over to to hold her head, and I ran the four blocks back to the school into the principal's office so they could call the police, because back then, of course, we had no radios or anything like that. Wow, yeah. And I remember that the the local uh, TV network came out and did a little short spot on me, a little 10-second thing of, you know, crossing guard, uh, safety patrol, Mark Green uh, helps elderly lady by running back to school and I got this little plaque from the city and all this stuff. And it was like really cool. But I I remember taking it so seriously because you're protecting these kids. And we had a pretty busy street that we were stopping traffic on. And I think back now, wow, that was even more responsibility than I understood at the time. But it it taught you some good things as a a fifth grader, you know, that uh, you should be careful and uh, take care of people and all that. But uh, that was a good experience for me. That's I would love awesome. for you also, yeah, it was cool. Yeah,
1: you were a patroller. We don't have them act as crossing guards anymore, but yeah, the white, it went from white to orange to now to green, so that's
0: Yeah, this that's would awesome. have been in the 60s, so yep. uh, yeah, yeah, it was the white the white sash I remember. I remember feeling so special putting that on, it had a little badge and everything. Yep. I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Well, let's talk a little bit before we uh, jump into the next round here about the Gasparilla Concorde, because... This event takes place every April. It's going to be April 19th in 2020 of next year. And I know that you guys are very active in helping this uh, this Concor uh, with its charity organization.
1: Yeah, so uh, we were involved this year as a title sponsor. We look to be involved again in some capacity next year as well. The the proceeds uh, the, pro- the uh, from the program go to the sh- local Shriners here, which is really really cool. The event itself is just it's one of those really classy events where you go out and you'll find cars everywhere from a hundred years old to you know thirty years old, and they just run the whole gamut. With the Concours d'Elegance, it's kind of like one of those up level car shows that has some of the things that you're just not going to come across in, in other shows. Like they they wheeled out the Roosevelt presidential limo and stuff like that. And just a whole host of different vehicles that just really wide ranging, everything from the old classics to some hot rods and that sort of thing. So, you know, it, 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 was, it was a pleasure to work with them.
0: Very cool. Well, again, yeah, you listeners can learn about this event, Gasparilla Concours, just go to their website. I'll make sure I put a posting of that website, a link on Matt's show notes page on the Car yeah! website. Well, Matt, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Car yeah! sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made in the USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new ADS2 carburetor and innovative Pro Flow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck, to superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride. And when you're ready to check out, enter Cars Yeah in the coupon code and get 10% off your order. That's at com. Okay, Matt, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, not what you want to be, but what you were manifested into based on who you are and how you perceive yourself, what kind of car would Matt be and want?
1: Mm, yeah, there's really only one car that comes to mind, and, and I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it at some point in the next five to ten years, and it's a Subaru Impreza. For some reason, that that car has always been very special to me from uh-huh. racing it in video games 20 years ago to getting to ride in <laughs> it. And it can do everything from rally to road course to, you know, the yeah. all-wheel drive. You know, that's got to be my car. Got to go with that. Yeah. It's a bright blue, yeah. <laughs> everything. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Subaru Impreza throttle. So here we go. Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: The best automotive advice I've ever received is probably going to be, you know, at one point in your life, do your own oil change.
0: Yeah. Learn how to work on your car. Yeah. At least a few things, but oil is a a good start for sure. For heaven's sake, check your oil every month, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people I, I, don't I even wish, do that. I wish
1: my son would have heard me better, you know, several times on that years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway. yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: Well, it's something I've been trying pretty hard to do over the past two to three years. It's still a challenge every day, but I tell you what, if you can... Learn to meditate once a day it's going to change your life for the better, no matter who you are, what you believe. Meditation I mean anything you can do to slow your brain ba- sl- slow your brain down for at least five to ten minutes a day and uh clear up all the fogginess and, and and allow some clarity is going to help anybody
0: you know I need to learn how to do that. I have tried and tried through watching YouTube things and listening to things, and I just I can't figure it out and for those who meditate are probably either laughing at that or they're going. I get it. You just got no, to keep working yeah, on saying,
1: it. I get it. It's hard. It's hard. You've got to try. Yeah. It's, it's 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 tough. There's a number of different ways you can do it, whether you want to focus on your breath or focus on a candle or, you know, it's really just about recognizing when your brain starts grabbing different trains of thought, nipping it in the butt and going back to what it was that you were focusing on. If you can get yourself to train your brain to just quiet itself, you know, and and even going back and forth where you say, oh, wait, that's a thought. I can leave that for later. And going back, that Uh practice is what it's all about. Um, It Ah, really helps you calm yourself down. So, yeah, there's a number of different ways to do it, and none of them are going to be the perfect way. It always depends on what suits you best. but, But yeah, I would encourage anybody and everybody to give it a shot anyway.
0: So does cleaning my car not count as meditation?
1: Ah, see, that's active. You know, people do walking meditation. People play their guitar and meditate. You know, if you start getting to a point where it's too complicated and you really have to start thinking about things a little bit too intricately, which you can do sometimes with working on the cards. But if it's something you've done a thousand times, that's a meditative process. That's,
0: you know, yeah.
1: That's, that's well, there you of, go. That, that's part of a healthy. That's a healthy practice for your mind, Mark.
0: All right. Well, thank you. I just <laughs> got approved from Doctor Matt Nasworthy. Yeah, right. I can, I can count that as meditation. I like it. Yeah. No, I I like doing it. It's it's kind of akin to gardening a little bit because you can kind of free your mind a little bit and yeah. uh, you know just focus on the task. Especially if you're doing like the kind of gardening I do, which is a little more like bonsai, very intricate. Oh, yeah. Croc- yes. They laugh Absolutely. at me like. God, you're crazy! You take took a whole hour to trim that bush, but I'm like, well, yeah, I'm trying to focus on it a little bit. So, exactly. okay, good. I'm glad you get you made me feel good. As soon as we're you're done, on here, I'm the, going you're on the right track, Mark. For and sure, wipe my car down again. Uh, do you have a Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? I have a feeling I know what it's going to be.
1: Yeah, tripleA.com. You know, go Uh, there for whatever, uh, whatever suits your fancy. We uh, we do a number of things, not just automotive related. You know, we have travel insurance, Um, obviously the traffic safety I mentioned. Um, You know, there's a lot more to being a AAA member than just being able to be protected on the roadside and get discounts everywhere that help pay for your membership to where you're not even spending money on the membership per year and you still got all the the ers coverage so i would just encourage anybody regardless of what state you're in there's a aaa that serves you go to aaa.com and check us out
0: very easy to find yeah great service now if i could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry either living or deceased who would that be
1: Oh, it's got to be Elon Musk. It's just too entertaining not to take, that, take him up on that. I've listened to yeah. a lot of what he's talked about, and especially with what's going on with uh, Tesla and everything, that would just be an hour well spent.
0: Yeah, I love I've I've been trying an awful lot to get him on this show. Maybe one day I'll get through all the walls and barriers. But uh, Yeah, it yeah, sounds
1: yeah. like he just needs five minutes to himself, and he might be able to do something different. He just, he's just busy, <laughs> man. He's all over the place. I think...
0: I hope he meditates because I can't imagine what his life must be like. It's funny, just incredible.
1: I listened to another podcast with him, and they asked him what it's like. What's what's it like in Elon's head? And he said it's like fireworks going on off constantly, and it's just idea, 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 which doesn't surprise anybody. He comes up with some of the most interesting ideas out there, but somebody like that, you would think, has to try and calm it down at some point.
0: Yeah, you would hope so. Kind of a (laughs) Steve Jobs esque kind of person as well, just all these things flying around in his head. Yeah, incredible guy. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? Let me
1: see. I would have to say uh, I'll just the last one I just read. Um, it's an oldie but a goodie, but it was Stranger in a Strange Land. I'm kind of a fan of science fiction, and it's kind of a, a mind broadening book from a perspective of somebody writing it back in the '60s, but it's still applicable now. So uh, yeah, there's a book. It's I know it's probably not automotive related, but uh, very okay. entertaining. Robert Heinlein, Stranger in a Strange Land.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find all these resources. Matt has shared on his very own cars Yeah Show notes page. Just go to com, type in Matt Nasworthy, N-A-S, W O R T H Y, and that page will pop up. All right, Matt, we're up to Checkered Flag, and today I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. But there are a couple rules to this game that might make it challenging. One is you have to drive it, no garage queens allowed. You have to keep it. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with or finance your kids' college education. And it's the only car you can have in your garage that's a collector car. So you need to choose very wisely.
1: Hmm. Okay. Wow. Uh, And anything.
0: Remember, it's an open checkbook here today at Cars. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I hear you. I hear you. And, um, you know, I can't get away from my Impreza, Mark. It's I, I, That's the one I've got to have, you know. I, it's going to work good in the snow, in the sand, in the garage. If I, if it's something I've got to keep and live with, I think that's the one that's going to get me to uh, the grave right there.
0: Well, you made it a little easier for me. You didn't pick the Ferrari GTO, so it's not <laughs> quite as expensive. But uh, I know you want one in blue, so and they look great in blue, so we'll uh, make sure we line that up for you. <laughs> Okay. And get you, get you the right car. All right, Matt, well, you we have taken us on a great ride, a safe ride here with AAA, which I think is great. Go. I have really enjoyed your stories. want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset, very safely, of course, in that Subaru Impreza?
1: Absolutely. You know, spend more time listening and less time speaking. It's funny how much you, uh, you're able to to broaden your horizons if you take time just to engage your ears a little bit more than your mouth.
0: Absolutely. And you know one thing I wanted to touch on real quick, and I don't think we talked about it, is you guys are going to be opening some new service centers in the Tampa Bay area. Is that right?
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, we have our Car Car Care Plus location that's going to be opening up. Uh, in our West Shore area in Tampa, it's it's the first one in Florida. And what's happening is we're converting, that we, we've we had a branch office there for 50 years, and we're converting that into an 11 bay automotive repair and branch office, like a hybrid office where you're still be able to come in and, and do travel insurance membership stuff. But then you can also get the more common uh, things done on your car as well. We've opened several of these locations uh, up across the country, but this is the first one in Florida. We're excited about it, and we're hoping to bring something to the other side of the bay next year, uh, possibly in, uh, you know, Pinellas Clearwater area.
0: Awesome. Great. Awesome. Well, I remind our listeners, you can find AAA at com. If you want to learn more about the Gasparilla Concours, you can find them at com, or just come to Matt's show notes page on the CarShout website. I'll put links to those sites there for you. Matt, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thanks, Mark. That was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the CarGat yeah! TV show, it's a weekly visit to some of my past CarGat yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, CarGat yeah! TV is making its mark. CarGat yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, FiOS by Verizon, or you can stream it through. Lucas Oil Racing Television online and they said I only had a face for podcasting Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun Download your free copy of Filler Up